Welcome back to another episode here on your favorite podcast, Que Onda Raza, uh, etc. Sorry, I kind of like got stuck there. <laughs> Today we have a very special guest. Some of you may know him. He is he is pretty popular here in the area. He's a very well-known man, but uh, he is Texas representative, representative Rafael Anchia. How are you, man? I'm doing great, Brandon. Thanks for having me today. No, for sure. No, thank you for accepting the invitation. Uh, I didn't think it would it would be this easy to oh. to get a hold of you. Yeah, I was I'm like, I'm glad. I'm glad awesome. to hear it. Yeah, no, no, no. It was uh, I was I was shocked as soon as like, you were like, or like I texted you, and then like I think like 30 minutes later, like your staff is already texting me back. Yes, they're we, really good. They're honestly, good. They're good. Ana Reyes is like a yeah. treasure. You know, she used to be on the Farmers Branch City Council. She's the first person of color ever to serve yeah. on the Farmers Branch City Council. She's a badass and I'm lucky to have her in my life and she, you know, she yeah. treats everybody great. Oh yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. I totally forgot to ask you this off air. I'm not even going to cut it out, but how do you, what do you prefer that they call you? Like, you can call me Rafa, man. You know, Rafa? Like, yeah, yeah, Are yeah. Are you comfortable with that? No, of course. Like all the people, people who know me for a long time, uh, all call me Rafa. My parents call me Rafa. So, okay. Uh, in fact, you know, we're, we're kind of rebranding our signs and we're going to have some Rafa signs. Rafa signs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because, you know, I think, I think um, with the popularity of the tennis player and oh, know, his, his clothing line and, and, you know, before I would say like maybe 10, 15 years ago, nobody know, would have known what Rafa meant. But mm -hmm. now it's, it's much more popular. Sure. So I think we're going to be going with that. Uh, do, you like, do you play tennis? I do. Do you? I do. And that's, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you that I Cause I kind of did a little like, you know, like uh, research on you <laughs> and as far as social media goes, you're, I, it kind of seems like someone handles most of it for you. Right. But on Twitter that I feel like, I feel like this is actually him like re retweeting but the sports stuff. 100, 100. Like, um, uh, yeah, everything else is very curated by, by my staff, uh, and my team. Um, so if, you know, I, I, I come in a little bit more spicy on Twitter because um, that really is that really is me. I'm a big sports fan. I grew up an athlete, and uh, and, and so it's it's a big part of my formation right. uh, as a as a person. And you know, for people who aren't sports nuts mm -hmm. and who are not athletic, they probably don't understand it. But yeah, on my Twitter feed, I I, I like. Um, I, I pretty much like every sport, you know, That's I, awesome. and, and I played a lot. So I play a little tennis, especially with Rebecca. Rebecca um, played on her high school team in Laredo. And so we, we get out and hit over here in, in, in Oak Cliff, sometimes at Kid Springs, sometimes at, at Stevens Park, sometimes at um, at Lake Cliff Park. Oh, we, we like to hit a little bit. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm definitely... I'll have to like stop by one day and like challenge you. Let's see I'm, not very good. I'm not very good. <laughs> no, that's good. I, I like tennis. Tennis is, is pretty good. I'm, I don't have patience for golf though. No. Even though either. that's the business sport, but I have no patience for golf. I didn't grow up playing golf. The only time I ever got on a golf court as a, course as a kid is when we would sort of bootleg, go on and play football right. on the golf course. And then the golfers would come through and they'd scream at us and we'd get off. Nice. And then we'd get back on. So Hell yeah. yeah, that was my only exposure. That's awesome. Dog. All right. For those that don't know ex everything about or most of Rafael's career, it's man. I read they sent me the bio. It you it is. I'm very very yeah, impressed. Don't read the bio, please. I, I, I shortened it out a little bit, <laughs> but I do I do need to read. I just just so that people can kind of get an idea, right? But 
this is what I got. So it's like, so it's, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing any of this. So Rafael Anchia is currently serving his ninth term in the Texas legislature and represents a western corridor of Dallas, Texas, Dallas County, which includes the cities of Dallas, Farmers Branch, and Irving. Representative Anchia currently serves as the chairman of the House Committee on Pensions, Investments, and Financial Services. He also serves as a member of the Energy Resources Committee and the Redistricting Committee. Most recently, Representative Achia Anchia has a, was appointed to serve on the Texas Privacy Protection Advisory Council. <laughs> Prior to serving to the <laughs> in the Texas House, Representative Anchia was twice elected elected to serve as a trustee for the Dallas Independent School District. That's awesome. From 2011 to 2015, he served in President Barack Obama's administration as an appointee to the Advisory Committee for Trade Policy and Negotiations which advises the White House and U.S. Trade Representative on Trade and Investment Agreements. In 2017, uh, Representative Anchia was elected by his peers as chairman of the Mexican-American Legislative Caucus, the oldest and largest Latino caucus in the United States. He has, he has dedicated his service to fighting for civil rights, public education, protecting the environment, and improving access to health care for women and children. Representative Anchia is a co-founder and managing director in the global... The global investment firm Civitas, is that how you say it? Civitas. Uh-huh. Civitas yeah. Capital Group. Uh, he also serves as of counsel of the largest law firm in Dallas, Haynes and, how do you say this, Bowen? Boone. Boone, my bad, Boone, Boone. where he represents financial institutions and pri- public and private funds. Man, that is a lot. That you you is have a third lung. I don't know how you read all that. Dude, but man, <laughs> God, that, is, that is impressive. It's, uh, you know, the first question that comes to my mind is really like, what, at what age did you even start? Uh, so I, it, it re, you know, I always go back and give honor to my parents. Um, they were immigrants to this country. Um, they both came here in the fifties from pretty tough circumstances. My dad came from uh, the Basque country in Northern Spain. They had just, you know, he was born during the civil war in Spain. And, you know, he grew oh, up wow. in a, in an environment that was pretty tough, seventh grade education left the house to you know become a goat herder and then later left permanently left his home permanently at 15 years old to go make money for his family and he he left home and he went to at 17 he went to italy at 19 he came to the united states so hustler hardest working guy i've ever met beast total beast um you know it was tough like he had two parents who were alcoholics who weren't around he grew up after a war and so I, I give him a lot of honor um, because he he did a lot with a little, you know, with right. with, with like a limited basket of skills. Um, you know, he knew hard work and he knew, you know, respect and he was a tough dad. But I, I give him honor and then I honor my mom for different reasons because she immigrated from Mexico. Um, you know, she was I, I watched my mom uh, graduate from community college. Right. Uh, I watched her acro- walk across the gym floor, you know, from that community college. Uh, she got her two-year degree. Then I watched her graduate from our neighborhood uh, four-year university all at night wow. uh, while she was working during the day uh, with two kids. And then, and then, you know, and then she became a public school teacher and did that for 30 years, teaching you know, Mexican and Nicaraguan and El Salvadorian and Cuban, you know, uh, immigrants in our neighborhood. And it was, it was, you know, that's where it started, man. I got to tell you, it started with them. 
and and uh, seeing the effort that they put in I, I i still have no idea how they did it you know I was, my dad lost his job at, at one point you know we had to move in with my mother and none so just just that whole that, that whole mm-hmm. life experience is really what did it so i always, I've always had ganas um from a young age just because of my parents and you know that's something that when i talk to um latino youth young people i'm like hey think about what your parents have done right and right. And, and many times like you know um latino parents who are immigrants they uh you know they're not doing it for themselves it's like the most selfless act because they know that they're because of their you know their, their the way their life started and where they're supposed to go that they're not going to fully live the American dream. They're going to live the American dream through their kids. So like, it's this amazing selfless thing. And, and so I've always tried to give honor to them by putting that same kind of effort into my life, you know, and achieving, because I know that, you know, they didn't get to be the lawyer. They didn't get to be the business person. They didn't get to be elected. Mm-hmm. In fact, my father was a, became a U.S. citizen in 2014. So they, they, they had all these deferred dreams for their kids. And, yeah. and so that's, that fuels me, that fuels me. And then, you know, the other thing is being a dad, um, uh, that <laughs> being a dad is such a freaking hard responsibility. And I make mistakes every day as a parent. And, um, you know, the other thing that drives me is making sure that there's a good world left right. for the kids, you know, for my kids, for, for everybody's kids because we're a pretty delicate time right now. It, 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 I don't know how it feels to you, but it feels right. no, yeah, it feels it, super unsettling, I you know? Definitely agree with that. Um, man, you totally just went into my other questions. My bad. That was my good. Bad. No, that's good. That was good. My bad. Yeah, and I was going to just, I was simply going to ask you, like, who is Rafael, you know? Who's, um, you know, the man behind it. El verdaderamente Rafael, you know, el, el hombre detrás del mito. From all this professional uh, career, your outside of your accomplishments, um, also, you know, I want to, I do want to go into a little bit or from your earlier like uh, childhood, like you did. You know, you talked about your parents, yeah, brothers. So I have a sister. I have one sister. Um, there wasn't a lot of money in the house, so she was born seven years later <laughs> okay. than me. And so, you know, I left, uh, I got my big break when I was 17. I got a scholarship to come to SMU. I, I, I didn't know where Dallas was. I didn't know what, what the M in Se- Southern Methodist University mm-hmm. stand for. I was this little new immigrant Catholic kid, and, um, but I got money. They gave right. me an academic scholarship, and that changed everything for me. So that's when I came out to Dallas in 1986 to go to SMU. Um, and then she was 10 years old when I left. And so uh, Christy, she's a super mega successful real estate lawyer in in South Florida now. Um, but she kind of grew up a little bit like a, like a, an only child, you know, okay. because she's seven years younger. Right. But we're super close. And in fact, this weekend, I'm, I'm going to go see her um, and spend time with her family. And then uh, and then with my parents who, you know, God bless. Mm-hmm. God has blessed me that they're still living, um, even though my dad is in a little bit of decline. But. So that I mean I I feel like I'm my I'm who's Rafael Anche I'm the son of my 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 parents uh, I'm the father to Sophia and Maya and I am you know I'm the I, I try to be a good partner to Rebecca Cunha um, who I'm madly in love with you know and that's and then everything <laughs> else <laughs> every I really I mean it's so nice to be in love it feels so good to be in love 
Um, and uh, I don't know if you ever see. But I, I give her shout outs uh, on on Twitter yeah. all the time because I'm just yeah, crazy yeah. about her. That's know? awesome. That's awesome. And Congratulations. So, thanks, man. That's so, awesome. so in my personal life, I feel real real good, and then in my public service life, um, you know, that's where I just. Uh, the way I look at this job of, of being an uh, elected official, it's the best job I've ever had uh, uh, being a state rep is, um, you know, it, it's insane because people who are your neighbors, who are your friends, who've never ever met you in their entire life. Right. And, and, and the district I represent now goes from North Oak Cliff all the way up to Carrollton and out west to Irving and out and out east to Love Field. Like, they they give you something that is so powerful and so precious you know it's their vote holy smokes i mean they give you your vote they tell you you know either that they're going to support you or in the ballot box they look at your name and and that name triggers something in their mind they don't you know maybe right. not what maybe they like the name rafael maybe you know maybe they saw me on tv maybe i knocked on their door at one point but they're willing to just like check that box, and it's it's incredible. It's it's like this um, this really powerful honor, and to know that this state is thirty million people, and only one hundred and fifty of us get selected by our neighbors mm -hmm. to go down to Austin and represent them. I mean, if if that doesn't give you motivation to work hard, right. then then you suck. <laughs> basically, <laughs> pretty much in the words of Rafael. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, as a, as a as a as a kid, did you did you always, what did you aspire to be? So two things. Um, yeah, my father uh, became a, a professional athlete. He was um, he played a, a very um, not well known sport now, but then it was it was pretty well known. It's called highlight pelota vasca. They play it um, in in Mexico. They call it fronton. In, in Mexico, they still play it. And there's a the, one of the best places to go see highlights in La Ciudad de Mexico. Wait, so, but it still does exist. It sport. still does. Not in the United States as much, but he played professionally and he was very good. Um, he played from when he was 15 to when he was about 30 professionally the whole time. And um, little guy, 5'7", but tough, tough as nails. And he, he was powerful. And then so, so, you know, I felt like that was a responsibility for me uh, and I wanted to be a professional just like my dad and he was my coach. He was a tough tough guy um, And so I played from when I was four until I was 17 and then I was supposed to turn professional at 17 at the same time My dad was like este deporte se muere in Estados Unidos He saw the decline of the sport that it was mm -hmm. not going to be a long-term thing for me and he said um, Vete a hacer lo que yo nunca hice y vete a estudiar and so, you know, coming from a guy with a seventh grade education, I was like, yeah, right. You know, you know, teenagers were, right. were the teenagers are some of the most amazing and some of the most awful human beings ever. So at 17 years old, I was like, like dismissing my dad. Right. Because mm -hmm. of his last lack of education, which is a horrible thing to do. And um, but he was right. He was he was totally right because high ally in the United States declined immediately. And he had the foresight to give me that good advice and, and basically um, required me to go to university. He's like, you, you got a freaking academic scholarship from this awesome university and out somewhere in, in the West mm -hmm. and go. And I didn't know any better. Like I, you know. 
Were you a straight like a, like a like a straight arrow? Like I was good, good kid the but, whole but, time. But or? but mainly be, I was yeah I was I was a goody goody. Like goody I was goody. I was a uh, you know I was kind of a because I was an athlete. I never drank in high school. Love um, Never tried drugs. I mean, when when I was growing up, there was a there was a professional basketball player named Len Bias, and I used to love basketball. And and Len Bias was the number five pick in the draft or something like that, real high pick, and he was going to go to the Celtics, and he did cocaine and had a heart attack. And so I thought, Jesus. if I ever try any drug, I will I'm going to have a heart attack and I'm going to die on the spot, and then I will disgrace my family. And so so that was kind of like, I, and then drinking drinking just never agreed with me. Um, you know, my, my parents always um, sort of taught me how to drink responsibly at dinner. Like we would have una copita de vino every once in mm -hmm. a while. And, you know, they would water mine down with, with they put literally water in mine and they, you know. And, and so I always knew how to drink, to enjoy, to have pleasure with dinner. But, but I was not a big partier. Um, and then when I got to SMU... I saw these kids who were millionaires, like legit millionaires, yeah, like crazy, and they uh, <laughs> and they would party from Wednesday to Sunday, and I was like, shit, I'm here on scholarship, you know, I need to honor my parents; they're making a big sacrifice, and so I I triple majored, I graduated with honors, I I was going to outwork anybody at SMU, um, you know, and great faculty at that school. And I got a really good education, um, but so I was a I was a, a you know I had a, <laughs> my my senior year I was dating this really beautiful beautiful woman, brilliant woman. Um, you but she you but can say her name if you want. No, nah, her, her full name. <laughs> <laughs> she's awesome. She's awesome. We remain friends to this day. But um, uh, she broke up with me because I was I wouldn't take her to the to the to the formal dance. First, I didn't have a lot of cash. But second, I had to study for my law SAT. Right. And she was like, this is unacceptable, dude. You have, I was like, no. Women. Women's, <laughs> I tell you. No, and no she, yeah. yeah, she literally broke up with me for that. And I was like, well, I guess, you know, it's not supposed to happen. But, um, <laughs> but that was, I was that kind of nerd. I was, I was an RA, you know, you know what, yeah, you, yeah, remember, yeah, you yeah. remember nerdy RAs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was yeah, me, yeah. that was me, I was an RA. Um, and you know it's funny. Uh, I was in the same RA cluster with uh, Reverend Eric Folkerth, who's the, the the pastor here at Kessler Methodist, okay. killer guy, super progressive. Um, and then his wife, uh, Judge Justice Denise Garcia. We were all in the same residence hall. We were all on the same floor, and we were all RAs together. And, we're, and we can we continue to be awesome, awesome friends. But yeah, that was the kind of crowd I ran with. Just straight up RA nerds. Really? Yeah. Dang. Uh, yeah. That's and for and for Denise and Eric, by the way, who uh -huh. whom I just called nerds, um, I'm sorry, but it, it's true. They're, they're gonna know now. <laughs> no, they they're gonna know, but I think they I think they would own up to that, you know? I don't think it's I don't think it's such of a I don't think it's an insult nowadays. I no. think I think being a nerd is like the the cool thing now. Totally. Have you seen like like the high school kids? Like if you're not gaming or like, you know, into like the whole Marvel stuff, like you're not you're, You're not, not cool, dude. Right. You know what's blowing my mind right now is the anime genre. The an anime, yeah. Like anime that's genre. you know, kids, kids. We you know like, you if you did Dungeons and Dragons back in the day, that was like super nerdy. Have you done Dungeons and Dragons? Never. I've never. Oh done. my god. I, that was a bridge too far for me. Oh man. And so the, the you know, 
but yeah, like my 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 youngest daughter Maya, she's super into anime now. Like yeah, like she she's massively into man. Have you taken her to like one of those like acons or for uh, sure comic cons? I loved it. Really, I loved it. Did we you went, dress we, up there? Uh, I didn't dress up for that. Um, so I, I took her to the one in Irving um, a couple of years ago, pre-pandemic, and we had a ball. But I didn't dress up. Um, mm. And uh, and then and then I've since taken her, you know, with her friends to to one at the airport and everything like that. But I'm I, I own at that uh, at that little Comic Con. I, I bought a Darth Vader uh, nice. uh, replica helmet that I wear, I try to wear regularly on Halloween and stuff like that, or, or for no good reason. Good for you. Around the house. And uh, and that that uh, that helmet, I, I hope to wear it and and the whole outfit to to the next one that we go to together. That's awesome. It, you know, nice people. Really? Like at these comic Sweetest cons, people ever meet. Best people best. ever. Best. Yes. You never find people like that outside. No. Outside of that Super element. nice, inclusive, you know, supportive. Complimenting your outfits. <laughs> yeah. When do when no one compliments a guy nowadays? Nobody, nobody except for, I guess your partner, but no one really does that, no. you know. Uh, but that that is awesome. I've been to I've been to, I went with a girl one time. Yeah, as a first date. Uh-huh. Uh huh. She, she was she feeling it? No, <laughs> no, she didn't. She had, she was she didn't even know that I was into that to be honest. But I didn't plan a date. Like I didn't plan like what should we do other than go eat. And we're driving by the Hilton at the Anatole, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they they tend to host events like that. Right. And I think it was Acon, and I was like, we drove by, and I was like, you know what? Let's just go. I've always I've been wanting to go to one of these. And we walked in, crazy. Everyone's like all dressed up, and I'm like, dude, I, let's buy some sweaters, you know, with the with like the Naruto ninja stuff. Oh, so you like Naruto? Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah, let's just at least we can like blend in. But she didn't want to, but. Well, at least you found out early that that she wasn't the one. You know, that was kind of a disqualifying. The thing. one that got away. <laughs> it's all right. She she knows who she is. <laughs> but um, but let's move let's move let's move let's move along. We are in time crunch. Uh, let's uh, so then why uh, why law? So I, you know, that was really the influence of my dad. Um, my and and this will probably ring true with with any sons or daughters of immigrants out there. But my dad was like, okay, uh, son, uh, you can be a doctor or a lawyer. He really didn't know about engineering very much mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, architect maybe, but really doctor or lawyer, those are your choices. And so early on, and, and, and you know, and he, this is gonna sound weird, but as a new immigrant to this country, he, he emigrated um, right before Watergate happened. And in Watergate, um, lawyers like, Leon Jaworski, for example, saved the day, right? Like lawyers using the Constitution of the United States impeached a sitting, it forced a sitting president to resign. And for him, that was something insane. Like that did not happen in countries. Right. Like if you were the, the, the head of a country, then you were untouchable because he grew up under a, a, a fascist military <laughs> dictatorship, right? For sure. And so he was super inspired by the power of the law and the fact that Richard Nixon would have to leave in disgrace because he was not above the law really blew his mind. And, and so he always, he would always like, like buy me little books from these lawyers uh, or like these biographies of lawyers that, that he really admired. Um, 
and and then uh, and then I, I got a break in uh, in high school where I signed up for what was called a court observer program okay. where um, you would you know like your senior year you would get to um, skip the last two periods on a Friday oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we would take the bus or the or the train and we'd go down to the courthouse and we would just sit in on trials all the time like for hours and then we'd have to write papers about the trials and there was like you know there were some really pretty famous trials going on at the time and um, and that was impactful for me. And then I did I did um, speech and debate mm-hmm. for all of you parents who are listening out there. Make your kids do speech and debate. Make them do it. It'll be a really good growth experience for them. So I did speech and debate. And then I, uh, I so so and then I did um, yeah mock trial speech and debate court observer. Um, that's about it. But 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 that was pretty impactful. And we didn't know any lawyers like my family. Right. We had no connection to any lawyers. We didn't know any. So, but it was like in I guess high school when you were like, I, I want to do that. I do want to do this. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't. You didn't do like the go to college and uh, we'll, I'll figure it out. I'll, you know. No, my dad was pretty adamant. I had to pick one or two. That's awesome. And I wasn't a med school guy. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. It was. You know. It made. It made the decisions pretty clear. <laughs> right. It sounds tough, but it's like it's a good. It's a good kind of like tough that it's like you. You had, these are your only these are your two options and I practiced for you know almost 20 25 years and uh, feel good about my legal career became a partner at, at, a, at a large law firm and now you know we started up our our investment firm about about 10 years ago and so I'm you know uh, I, I if you can get a, a law degree at a low cost mm-hmm. like without big student loans I say do it it's really it's a good education it gives me an advantage when I'm in the uh, when I'm on the House floor, especially in in debate right. on the House floor, um, when when I go up against non-lawyers, uh, I can feel the difference. Mm-hmm. I can tell. Oh yeah, I yeah. bet. I bet. Yeah. No, damn, that's that's wild. I, uh, how do you how do you like today? How do you use like this is uh, kind of going into more about like you as a person in your in your professional career, but like how do you use like uh, your social medias to your advantages? Cause I know right now it's not really, I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it's kind of like not just you, but like, like in general with like politicians, it's kind of like bland, like people's social media. Um, but you know, now that we are moving into more like tech, you know, like a world, the metaverse is coming out, you know, like how, uh, how important do you, or what are, what, what strategies do you, have you been implementing? Or are you guys really kind of not focusing as much on that? No, we do. We do. Like I, you know, our social media account um, generates or requires a lot of staff time, actually, you know, to to keep people focused. And yeah, it is a little blah um, uh, in part because if it's staff driven, they don't want to make a mistake. Because like the last thing, the last thing they want to do is put something out there that ends up on the news as a, as a, a big screw up. And then, you know their asses are on the line basically so so they're going to be more cautious um it, like my the difference for me is on my twitter feed it's just me because i like twitter i like it it's terrible it's a horrible cesspool of of, of anger <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> but but i also um but it also serves as my news feed you know that's how that's how i get through a lot of content in news very quickly so I can stay abreast of what's going on. Or sometimes like you'll be here and you hear a, a loud explosion in Oak Cliff or something like that. Right, and you're right. like, what the hell happened? So I'll go, I'll go on Check Twitter and it. try to figure out what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, 
I, I spend, uh, if you ask Rebecca, I should probably tell you, I spend too much time on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she's, she will frequently say she, she regrets the day she introduced me to it. Uh, but you're, uh, so you're fairly new. You're, you can, you can consider yourself new to like ish, being it. active on mm, it. I'd say, I'd say, yeah, five, five, six years ago, maybe. So okay. that, that, that's, yeah. that's relatively new, I guess. Um, so I, there are there are some elected officials, different styles. I've got a colleague named Gene Wu who like fights with trolls all the time. Really, and he has a lot of followers. Uh-huh. I've got uh, I've got another colleague who really you know just first time member re- didn't pass a bill, um, and, but she had a good online presence, mm-hmm. and you know now she's a front runner for a congressional seat. And and you know I I always thought like you had to have this like long list of accomplishments and prove mm-hmm. yourself before you try to r- run for something else. And she just has an, you know, a, a Twitter presence or a, a social media, a very active social media presence. And, and it works for her. Right. It works for her. You know, I, the reason why I asked that is because I, I've, I, I've admitted to you before we were recording that I'm not really big on, I don't follow a lot of politics. Right. Uh, Obviously, when there's big news, I, I think it's kind of hard not to know about it, right? Uh, but I do think it is important to know, especially what's going on in your districts. You know what's happening locally. Um, you know, from school boards to the, you know, your your representatives, right? I think it's very it's highly important. But my thing is, and I and I I'm sure there's a lot that can agree with people around my age or even older or younger that, you know, I. The best way to kind of explain it is like I see politics like like church, you know, <laughs> church is like it's it's the same thing. It's all <laughs> it's for, for the past decades. It's the same thing, you know, and it's it's just not interesting anymore you know I th- and I'm, I'm I don't know these numbers I don't know the numbers you're but like I'm the average sh- Texan by yeah, the way. I'm pretty sure there's an article there's statistics out there like can prove I mean, I could be wrong that there are less younger people going to church nowadays. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, sure, and I sure. and, and I feel like it's it's kind of like the same as with politics. It's just their information's out there. There's all kinds of information. We right. can all we all have it in our hands from our phones and our phones. But it's just like it's the same thing. And do you think it's could they be doing this on purpose? Just like we don't want to change it because we don't want people to get that involved, you know, or it's just like, should there be more changes because it's just outdated? So, you know, I think in terms of criticism of, of some faith traditions, you'd say, hey, you have not evolved. Your adherence to, to dogma has not permitted you to right. evolve so that you can continue to grow your flock. Um, and in politics, you know, I think, I think there are two, two things that are going on. I, I see a lot of young people uh, involved in politics and, and, I, and the electorate is changing as a result. Um, and so, uh, however, however, um, you are representative of most voters in Texas. I mean, we the the lack of participation in this state mm-hmm. by everybody—Republicans, Democrats, right. Independents—you know—is is we're we're frequently fiftieth out of fifty states. And so, so part of it, you know, part of it is is a you know I, I can I can jump on my high horse and say well it's personal responsibility you need to right. you know as a as a citizen you have 
you have rights, but you also have obligations, and one of your obligations is to be civically informed, blah, 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 blah. So that's, that's okay, fine, mm-hmm. stipulated, right? Mm-hmm. But, then, but then elected officials um, need to do a better job of captu- captivating people's imaginations, right? And making the case that politics really is super important to your everyday life, right? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I, I asked Rebecca, How, how'd you get involved in, in politics? She was like, well, you know, I, I, it was almost by accident. Two things happened. One, I got involved in politics because I was a, I was a dreamer. And in 2001, um, uh, a bill was passed to allow dreamers to go to UT you know, within state tuition, right? The uh, Texas Dream right, Act. Right, right. That's right. So yeah. she went to UT. Unbelievable. Changed her whole trajectory. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing was when she was at UT, young conservatives uh, at, at UT had a, um, you know, catch an illegal day, right? Where basically if you, if you brought someone who you thought, they thought was an illegal alien in their terms, an undocumented student, um, that they would get like candy bar. They would offer prizes for people who were catching, quote unquote, catching illegals. And that, you know, so she protested that. She's like, this is this is inhuman. This is horrible. And that's when she became a Democrat because she was pretty conservative before that. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, this is what the young conservatives of Texas stand for. Forget that noise. I ain't doing that. Mm-hmm. And and, you know, she's talking about me, my family. And this is you know, this is not right. This is hateful. And so I unless you have a personal experience like that where you can connect public policy right. with with your life improving it's hard it, it's hard to break through and we need to be a, do a better job about it be more creative about it I, I, you know I, I like that example that you gave of Rebecca um, because you, there's it's like the perfect example of like there's different types of Latinos right sure uh, there's the ones that that do have it hard, you know, the ones that come over and the kids, you know, they have to face some of the consequences of like, you know, of the actions, you know, of their parents wanting to do give them a better life. But they grow up, you know, either with like fear or they grow up with um, like maybe they, they 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 owe something to their parents because, you know, they didn't get to have, you know, with the, uh, the opportunities that they're giving now. Um, but it is it's hard. And, it, and it, there's the suffering to it. But then you have another set of Latinos that don't go through any of that at all. Yeah, they made it. They, they, it and it could be a first, gen, not, a first generation uh, Hispanics, Mexicans, or like, uh, or any, but, or second or third, right? And it's very rare when I guess like the second or third generation like holds the grudge of like <laughs> my, my grandparents suffered and they gave it, they gave it all up for us. Yeah, w- whether it's whether it's Latinos or Italians or any, or, any, or, it's, or it's Irish or exactly. whatever, exactly. It's, right? it's yeah. not it's not even uh, it's anyone that comes in that goes into another country. Right. But a lot of it is like a, so it's it's kind of hard for like for like the ones that are like let's say like uh, for me for example that I. Uh, Thankfully, or I, I'm, I'm I'm fortunate to like I, I really didn't grow up having any sort of issues right. like that. But at the same time, it's I'm not that like uh, aware of much of like politics that goes on because I wasn't affected directly by it. But, you know, by I guess the man, you know, so to speak. Sure. And that's you know, that's a form of, of and I'm not saying this pejoratively, but that's a form of luxury or privilege. Right. right. Like like when you have that, that means 
kind of made it. Like you were born mm-hmm. in the United States. Wow, that's huge. I I was born in the United States too. I'm like, what a freaking awesome yeah. privilege. Imagine not for sure. I mean, imagine being, you know, that your DNA ended up somewhere else in in the, yeah, in the world, right? For sure. And so, and so that also that luxury or privilege gives you the opportunity to do other things mm-hmm. like podcasts and <laughs> and and creativity and it lets you hang out with musicians and it lets you it, that's really amazing right so you can you you are because you you made it then it's it's less tan this other stuff is less tangible right, right? i i get it and right. i'm not saying I, i'm saying it like respect that's right great. right for sure uh that's so, so like i guess the question really it's like how is so how do we do how do which how do you what do you what do you recommend like for just like a a teenager or someone in their in their 20s 30s that's like like for like let's say like in my example that like we just aren't we don't have that impact directly you know uh so there's an easy hack I'll, and i'll tell you what it is um uh, elected officials of any stripe, they, um, because of limited resources that we have in our campaigns, mm-hmm. right? They're not publicly funded campaigns. We have to raise the money, which is the hardest thing to do. And then we have to try to communicate with voters, which is also very hard to do. Um, and we have limited, we have limited resources. Therefore, we have to make decisions about who we're going to prioritize in terms of communication. And then you have, so you have a budget. And you say, I'm going to communicate these folks always vote mm. man i'm going to communicate with them first mm-hmm. and then if i have budget then i'm going to hit this these people who vote every once in a while right right i'm going to try to hit them and then gosh then we have this this basket over here of people who never vote they're called low propensity voters and so if i'm able to raise enough budget i'll try to communicate with them and so the the hack is voting once or twice in two, two election cycles in a row. Doesn't matter, pick one person. Mm-hmm. Just go on election day and vote. And say, okay, I like, you know, Beto O'Rourke, or I like um, Elba Garcia. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna go and just, if you even if you don't know who else is on the list, just go vote one time. Why? Because then you get on my list and you get moved up in my priority. And oh. then, right, because because then you you have voted in two elections in a row Ooh, you're a, you have become a regular voter. I need to absolutely communicate with you. Absolutely. On my limited budget, you have moved from a low propensity voter to a, a sort of mid-range voter and maybe even a regular voter. Just just vote in two mm-hmm. elections in a row, two November elections in a row, and boy, people will come out of the woodwork. Or, you know, and that, that's because a, a lot of people are like, hey, I'm kind of an independent, you know, I may yeah. be, you know, <laughs> I, I hear it like, 20 times a day well I'm fiscally conservative and socially liberal you know what whatever that means and and so I say if you vote in a primary if you vote in the Democratic primary on March 1st for example I mean people will identify you as, as a Democrat but if you vote in the November election people don't know what you are people have no idea what you are and you if you vote in November of 2022 and November of 2024 people are going to communicate with you you're going to be getting mail you're going to be getting calls people and, and and you'll be like oh people come to your door and you'll be like oh let me ask you um candidate xyz what's your position on this like explain where you are on this mm-hmm. and then suddenly you'll just get sucked in and that's the hack 
but you have to do it you have to do it more than once you have to do it a couple times and then suddenly everybody's going to be investing in you because you're a young latino who's a regular voter boom you're going to hit somebody's demographic like sweet spot mm. and you you'll get you'll get a lot of people reaching out to you and fighting for your vote gotcha. and so that's the hack that's the hack that's the hack holy cow i didn't even know that i yep. i hmm look at that so just pick one person say hey look i okay. you know i like this person's boy she she dresses really well and the Could two times the, the two yeah. times i heard her on tv she sounded together mm-hmm. boom i'm gonna go i'm gonna find when that person's on the ballot i'm gonna go vote for her that's that's it that's what happens <laughs> that's how it goes that's, <laughs> that's, that, that's how it goes really okay oh my gosh I can't tell you. Ay, niño, te ves tan guapo en la televisión, aunque te digo que te ves más delgado en persona. I can't tell you how many ha- times I've heard that because you know TV puts like ten pounds on you, and and so I've had I've had I've had sweet sweet little ancianas viejitas tell me, ah, te ves te ves más delgadito en persona porque yo te veo por la televisión, and that just cracks me. Up. Oh, I love that. I love that. That is awesome. Makes me happy. What's well, alright. Do you, how, and I was going to tell you, like, what I, one of the, the, the issues, I guess, when I do get informed, or is the, is the falling into, like, that one category, like you were saying, you know, that either Democrat, Republican, and a lot of people are like, no, I just, I'm independent. Yeah. But it's always, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of hard to, like, know, like, I was like, well, I like, I like Rafael on this, on this subject. Sure. You know, he's really good. I, I, lo- I like what he believes when it comes to this. Maybe I don't really agree with this other stuff that he, that he believes right. in, right? So that's just kind of like the the difficult part, and where people don't really just want to fall into like one category is like, oh man, like I have to choose either like the Democrat or Republican. Yeah, I mean, but they're they're you know I they're independents who are going to be on the ballot, they're Green Party candidates who are going to be on the ballot, and and so what I tell people is, first of all, to your point about I may like something that 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 he stands mm-hmm. for, but I don't like something else he stands for. You're gonna find that with everybody. Everybody, everybody, including your your favorite primo, mm-hmm. including your favorite yeah. tia. Um, in our families, we see that all the time, right? Your 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 siblings. Bless them. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, I really love that about my sister, and I really hate this other yeah. thing about them. So you're gonna find that in in any elected official. Um, and it's funny, I I, I got to go to this program uh, on leadership. Um, and the author of this book called Leadership on the Line said, uh, you know, he asked us if, if we thought we were leaders and people in the class were like, yeah, I think I am. And they started giving these speeches. He's like, shut up with those hero speeches. You are not leaders. You know what leadership is? He said, leadership is disappointing your constituents at a rate that they can absorb. Right? So because, wow. because and, and this is his point, if you are engaging in leadership, you know, oftentimes you're going to be out of step with the people that your friends and neighbors have sent you to represent their interests. And they're going to be like, hey, 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 what are you doing? And you're going to be like, well, look, I'm trying to be consistent here and this is my guiding principle. And they're like, but yeah, we, we like you when we agree with you only. And I'm like, well, that's, it's not, you don't, you don't send me here to be with you 100% of the time. You send me here because you think I'm going to come down here and, and make thoughtful, good decisions. So, you know, that's you, you're not going to be able to make everybody happy on every one yeah. of your decisions. And so 
your your constituents have to you you need to have built up enough goodwill with them and made good enough decisions and and to where hey they're going to be disappointed every once in a while right you're, you're, and that's just the way things go that's just that's just how it is to lead because if not i'm just going to go down there and i'm going to do everything that the that the um you know that the endorsing groups want mm-hmm. i'm never going to think about it i'm going to say oh hey how do you want me to vote on this how do you want me to vote? Right. This group, that group, that group, that group. How do you want me to do it? Well, then you're not leading. Mm-hmm. You're just doing whatever they allow you to do. And and that's what's happening, I think, to a lot of our, there are a lot of these outside, well-funded outside pressure groups that my Republican colleagues, they come up to me all the time, God dang it, I don't want to vote for that. This is the worst, dumbest idea. But man, if I don't vote for that, I'm going to get a primary opponent. And I'm like, well, then how does that distinguish you from the primary opponent that's going to hit you on this? Because you're going to vote that way right. for this, this ungodly bill. Why? Because, and you're not going to show any sh- leadership here. You're going to capitulate. And then had you voted that way and gotten beaten, the result would have been the same. But had you voted that way and then won in your next election cycle, you would be showing leadership. So it's... It, it, it's like this really tough balance, um, and 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 unfortunately, with with all this outside money in politics, and I, I, I'm seeing less and less political courage in Austin, and it's it's a shame. It's a shame. How do you handle those like the critiques or even like the the disagreements? It's hard um, because you know I've had people I'm very close to tell me how disappointed they am in me are are in me. And, you know, sometimes it costs you supporters and friendships. And and that's just, unfortunately, that happens. Um, But does it get to you, like, emotionally, like, mentally? Sure. Sure. I mean, being criticized, it's it's not fun. Mm -hmm. It's not fun. And, and, uh, you know... so I, I try not to read the comments. <laughs> Good job. Because thank you. Thank you. Good it's job. one of the things I've had to make myself disciplined about is not reading the comments all the time. And uh, and and just analyzing, hey, if I acted in a certain way or voted in a certain way, what was what were the principles behind that? And if, if I'm comfortable with those principles, that's OK, then then then, then I'm like, OK, um, I'll take the criticism. Mm-hmm. I will explain to people why I did what I did and um, and just live with it. And if they want to change me out, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. You know, if they, if my friends and neighbors say, hey, you know, you, uh, you have disappointed us to the extent where we can't take it anymore, then, uh, you know, then you lose elections. And that's why the ba- leadership is a tough balance because, you know, you want, as, as, as Marty Linsky said, you have to, you have to disappoint people at a rate that they can absorb. And the extreme case is like Martin Luther King, right? He was leading, he was leading, he was leading, and people couldn't absorb it, and he was assassinated. Right. Right? Right. Malcolm X, assassinated. Right? Um, and so they led in a way that ultimately for them, sadly, uh, and for us, sadly, um, was not sustainable. And so, uh, but... But if you're confident as King was and X was in where they were coming from, uh, then that was, you know, they put their leadership on the line. Yeah. And so, 
Yeah, it hurts. It, so so in short answer, it hurts. It hurts. Um. It, it hurts like a mother to, to be <laughs> criticized, especially from people you really you go back a long way with and you admire. Yeah, it's not fun. Yeah. It's not fun, but you got to suck it up. You do, and that's, that's very true in any field, not just in for real. Yeah. What, what about like you, how you said like you know you can get replaced, or the next thing you know let, let's say you're running against another Hispanic that's in yeah. the Democrat. Like how, how does that does that how does how does that hurt? How does that happen much? I guess because it kind of divides when people just start going by like the the last name or like which ones are Hispanics. <laughs> you know, it's like all right, we got two of them. You know that are. So, um, that's interesting. I have I have not had to face that in a while because I mean I, I've had a Republican opponent the last two times, um, and you know the margins have been pretty big. I won by fifty and like. 45%. Anything over 5% mm -hmm. is a big win. So if you win by 50, it's a, 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 <laughs> a schmeckling, is, as my, my friends would say. But um, I'm, you know, I'm by nature a competitive person. I don't think you, you, you can be in public service and, and, sure. you know, and do a good job for your constituents if you're not competitive for them and competitive generally. And so uh, I, I fully expect that day to come. Uh, at some point, whether it's in this office or or in another office, and, and I think at that point, you know, if you believe that you are the best person for that office, you're going to compete for that office, and you are going to work really, really hard. You're going to try to outwork your opponent. You're going to try to um, connect with as many voters as possible, and and win that race. People, th you know, if you do not believe, by the way, that you're the best person for that race. You shouldn't yeah. be right. You shouldn't be running it. Right. You shouldn't be in that race. Like if you if you have even a doubt in your mind, well, that other person, they may they may be doing a better. They, they I think they're better for that job. Then don't do yeah, it. Do then it. don't do it. I've turned down running for a lot of other things, you know, to to do this job mm -hmm. because I feel like I'm really good at it. Um, and I wasn't a hundred percent sure that a I was either going to be great at the other job, or b that I was going to enjoy that job, mm -hmm. right? And so I've declined to run for other things because I feel like I have the best job. The, the best job I've ever had is this one. That's awesome. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, because some people see, you know, you see some politicians who are like, they'll be in a, in a job for a second and then they'll they'll jump to another job and then they'll jump to another job. And uh, yeah, this is the only job I've wanted to really do. Really? Yeah. So as, even when you d when you decided to. When you do become, when you became a lawyer, it's like, all right, I do want to run at some point. Oh, well, no, that's a good point. No, <laughs> so, so I, I was an accidental candidate. I, I was scared of public, of being in the public eye in this way. I was very frightened of it. Um, and, and thinking that, well, maybe, you know, I'm, I, I'm the son of immigrants. I'm kind of happy with my career. I'm making more money on my first day than both my parents combined. You know, of being a lawyer, I was mm -hmm. thinking, I don't want to mess this up. Like, right. and if I run for something, I may have to mess this up, and 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 you know, maybe I get fired from my job. No, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, no, yeah. That's what you. How am I gonna? How am I gonna make money? Uh, you know, and and I, 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 I'm at this great firm, this great job, and uh, in the end, it was like uh, I, I was really inspired by um, a couple people. One. Uh, was um, Ron Kirk, who was the mayor back then. Ron pulled me into his office one day and he said, hey, I want you to run for the school board. It's a really important time in Dallas. You need to do this. Um, if you need for me to call the, the head partner at your office to you know, see if we can give you a little bit of leeway for you to, to serve, 
I will, and he did. Um, then the other person who was really uh, inspiring was Laura Miller. She was the council member from this area in Oak Cliff for a while. She later became mayor. It's funny because Laura and Ron didn't ever get along, but I got along with both of them, and they were both influential. And then finally, Trini Garza. Trini Garza was, uh, the, 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 I think, the first Hispanic um, school board member from, from this area in Oak Cliff. And Trini uh, told me he believed in me, you know? And that, that I was like, wait, you, you're a legend. I mean, he now has a school named after him. And he, he told me he believes in me for this. That was like a real game changer for me. And so those, those three people, I think, had had a big influence on my running for the school board um, because I didn't think I, I didn't think I didn't think I, I was smart enough uh, to to do the job necessarily. I, I was like, well, this is, you know, this is a billion dollar budget. I'm a 31 year old kid, right. basically. How am I going to be in charge of a billion dollar budget? But after I got elected, I realized, holy smokes, I'm actually. Actually, one of the more prepared people on this board. <laughs> <laughs> so I better work hard and, and figure this thing, nice. thing out. You know. Anyway, so uh, again, a, a long answer, but right. but um, you you have to you have to have some belief in 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 yourself or have others believe in you. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a rapper. Uh, he he came on. He's from Terrell. Shout out. His name's Brown. And here he was like, I was like, dude, how do you, how do you handle when when your friends? The close the people closest to you they don't believe in you. He's like it's not their job. Mm. He's like it's not their job to make me successful. I gotta work hard for it. And I was like, dude, that is awesome. That's a good response. It's not their job, yeah. And think about but when that. they but when they do though, it's like it changes. It's like it's the world, you know. And when people do have your back and they follow you, the yeah. ones that you care about the most, Oof. yeah, you you feel unstoppable. You feel unstoppable. Yeah. And how how like I know you're answering the asking the questions, but. Like, no, go ahead. How, like, what kind of support did you get, and you know, at home, um, to to give you the confidence to to, to be a, a public persona? Um, honestly, man, is I don't even know. I I was it started with just being bored through COVID. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, that that is that is the that is the truth, and that's the it's all that's the only answer I have is I was honestly bored, and. Uh, I was I was very fascinated by like just seeing people like how they're so interactive on social media, and I've never I would never even take a picture and for people to post or like you know when you know when you're going out to drink like having drinks with your buddies, and they're all recording the drinks and like everyone that's there, <laughs> I would always leave. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be there. I don't want people right. to see me. Right. But now it's like. Well, you know what? Who cares? You know, I'm only getting older. It's like just just do it. That's awesome. And. It's, it, it's tough. It, I, even to this day, I, I do get, I get scared when I post something. I do get, right. I, I do get scared and it doesn't go away. I don't think you ever, I don't think you ever lose the nerves <laughs> of like, people are going to listen to me or they're going to watch this or, you know, cause I, you might say something bad or, but you just kind of have to not care Yeah. or like not put so much attention. Obviously you don't want to hurt anyone, but you, if you think too much about others in that way of like the, your decisions, it's like, you you'll never do anything, mm. but no, thanks. Thanks for asking me that. Um, how are we doing on time, by the way? That's a good question. I haven't even looked down. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, you know what? Let's. Uh, I do want to focus a little bit, uh, just a little bit more about your projects that you have going on. Yeah. You know, um, the early voting started. Right. Uh, on Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
anything you want you really would like to get out you would really like to share to the audience you know um when i, I will say this because you know your audience is mainly latino right it, actually it's a mix it's a mix all right yeah, yeah, yeah. all right well oh, that, that's amazing it's it's good to have that broad-based appeal um you know i would say that that yeah there is there's a really interesting there are a lot of young um really good latino elected officials that are on the ballot and, and african-americans as well um some of some of whom used to intern in my office and and i've known them for a long time they're they're, they're really great they do they deserve you know support um and because election day is coming up on on march 1st early voting is the way to do it though i gotta tell you that's the other hack just yeah. the no lines you just walk in you 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 know you say either republican or democrat whatever you are uh, i want to vote in the primary and then and then it, it, it will i'm a big mcdonald's fan and i usually time how long it takes me bet between my t the time of my order to you know um <laughs> to getting my order and and shout out to the McDonald's on on Fort Worth Avenue. Always, Go ahead and endorse both of us. <laughs> <laughs> those guys always, those ladies always take care of me. They're all uh, awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome. And so um, voting will take about that long. Going through the drive-thru. Going through the drive-thru. Yeah, basically. It's, it's that long. <laughs> it's that long. Yeah. Uh, it's that short, I should say. And it's it's not easy to take your license you know, or your passport or something like that because they changed the law a couple years ago. And just um, you know, make sure you're registered, obviously, uh, and 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 go just go do it. It's like it's simple. You'll you'll come out of there. They'll give you a little sticker. You put the sticker on your lapel. You take a selfie. You say, "Hey, fool!" On you know Valentine's Day week, I voted. Show show me love, and you know, and then and that's it. And that's it. So yeah, I'd say you know I've been I'm, I'm working with a lot of younger candidates now, uh, trying to really uh, pump them up, uh, try to get more. Uh, broad-based representation like uh, among the people I'm supporting is you know there's a you know a young lawyer Muslim lawyer uh, of Pakistani descent he's running for state rep in in Tarrant County I'm a big fan of, of Solomon's um, you know, I'm supporting a you know a gay African-American man for Congress I'm supporting a bunch of young Latinos for the judiciary um, supporting African-American women for state rep I mean and so like this is 95% of all the growth in the state of Texas during the last census was black and brown and Asian, like 95%. And so this is what we, this is what political representation is going to look like from here on out. And, um, and we, we need good people to represent us. Like we really need well-prepared people with great skills who have a heart for, for public service who are doing it for the right reasons those are the people we need in office and uh, so that, that that's my latest project is to really try to spend time and invest with young people um, in in running for office and it's I'm, I've been I've been super impressed with the quality there's a lot of a, a lot of uh, quality all they lack is experience but they can't get experience without giving right. a shot so I'm proud of them and then and then the other the other project I'm working on is you know I'm sort of coaching my daughter's volleyball team a little bit oh nice. like assist not coaching assistant coaching assistant to the coach assistant to the coach's <laughs> assistant i think and i really i really like volleyball i played a lot in college and as a and in high school um too short to be good but I, you know 
I, I, I could play. I, I, I before my body His heart's gave out on me. Um, I used to be able to play some good sand volleyball, and so I'm spending a lot of time with the girls doing volleyball. And then Sophie is a senior in high school, so been kind of talking through college for her. And you know, God, God willing, she'll she'll make a good choice. <laughs> right. And so that's that's my life right now. You know, that's what I'm doing. I'm a chauffeur. I'm a dad. I'm a volleyball coach. I care about young people. I'm a mentor to young people getting elected. And um, and then you know, every once in a while, I'll go down here to Bishop Arts or go down to Ranchito or La Calle Doce and, and go to dinner with Rebecca and try to be a good good partner to her. That's it. That's all I got. Take her to the drag show here at the Troops. For real, I really do, uh, and I know uh, both she and my daughters will really enjoy it. So yeah, we we need to come down to the Trove. Shout out to the Trove and, and and the drag queens here who put on an amazing performance for brunch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, last question, man, uh, and this is just you know for anyone who's uh, who's I guess not necessarily just going into politics, but are there any good books that you recommend for? I don't know, leadership or just like motivation on itself? Yeah, actually, um, two, two things, uh, two books. Like my favorite book of all time is just about following your dreams. And I think will will be good whether you're going to do public service or anything else. And that's The Alchemist by Paulo oh, Coelho, if you've read yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Just about following your dreams and not letting your, you know, your fears uh, about what might happen get in your way. And it, it you know, that... That book, I think, I've seen it borne out in my life where you, if you want something with all your heart, the world actually helps you to get there, you know? And people, you know, angels come into your life to help you get where, where your heart's telling you you need to go. So that's first. And then secondly, I always tell people to read biographies about people you admire who have done public service. You know, you may, maybe you like uh, FDR. Maybe you like John F. Kennedy. Maybe you like... Um, Kamala Harris, you know, may, maybe you like, uh, you're inspired by Cesar Chavez or read their personal stories because what you will realize beyond the posters and the slogans is everything like that. There were human beings mm -hmm. who made mistakes, who had failures in their life, who learned from their failures, um, and they're not much different from you. So it helps demystify people who did great things, right? Mm -hmm. And, and it, it, it allows that to be tangible for you. You too can do great things and, and just see what other people had to go through, uh, lo que necesitaban superar. And then it, I, am all, I always come away from those things super inspired. And, you know, like, and it, it, it just goes beyond kind of that, you know, maybe that, that mural or that poster or that photograph that you saw of that person, it, it puts them in context and make it humanizes them. Right. And it, and it makes them very relatable to you. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your time. I know you have to get going, uh, man, this is awesome. How can we find you on, do you, do you know your handles? Yeah. At oh, Rafael yeah. Lanchi on Twitter, for sure. That's where, where Rafa comes in spicy a little bit uh, and you, you get some valuable information, but, um, you know, when I'm full of the Holy spirit, sometimes I'll go to Twitter and, and let people know about it. There you uh, go. <laughs> come, come in hot. Um, Instagram or do you know it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know my Insta handle. Uh, I don't know my Facebook. We're going to, we're going to tag, we're going to post it all. We're going to, we're awesome. going to, we're going to get it all on there. Uh, but. yeah. And then, and then, uh, you know, um, 
Anytime, man. Like seriously, yeah. I, I you know, uh, my my better three quarters, Rebecca and I. I think we'd love to come on the show and just you know talk. You know, not, not only life stories, but like let's let's talk uh, about things that you know relationships. Let's talk about fashion. Let's talk about music <laughs> for real. And, and and she's you know she's a little bit younger than me, but but um, so there. I think there'd be a cool contrast in style, but she's way more impressive than I am. You should definitely have her on. I have, I have, sp- I, I know Rebecca quite well. All right. Yeah, I'll yeah. definitely, we, for sure, we'll make it happen. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. For sure, my guy. Uh, Say hi to your mom for me. I will, I will cool. tell her. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, man. I thank you guys for listening in. Uh, yes, that is it. <laughs> <laughs> We're good, dude. Thanks. We're out. Rafa, sorry, I didn't mean to call you, dude. All good, all good. Peace. All right. Hey, uh, peace.